1: I believe that this evening's service is mainly to launch the book, Daughter, You Can Make It. And so I'm going to be very brief this evening on what I preach about. But I'll be preaching from this book. Hallelujah. (laughs) The Temptations of Daughters. (laughs) Hallelujah. Everybody is tempted. Hallelujah. Even Jesus, the Son of God, was tempted. The Bible says that he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And then he was hungry. And when you are hungry, you don't need a book, you don't need a magazine, you don't need a sermon. You need bread. Amen. And then Satan came and said, at the right and opportune time, if you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread and this is 40 days and 49 some of us even just one day if satan brings such a suggestion we will make bread and add butter to it (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) and he was alone it's not even like a corporate fast that we are all encouraging ourselves and going on he was alone in the wilderness and the devil came to him and satan comes to all of us no matter how big how high how great Every man is tempted of the devil. Hallelujah. The Bible says no temptation has overtaken us. That is not common to man. So every temptation is common, but sometimes when you are going through it, you don't know. And you feel that, oh, I'm the only one. Nobody has had such a queer thing before. But when you listen to other people's situations, then you see that yours was a baby. (laughs) Hallelujah. But all of us have temptations and daughters also have various temptations. I believe that I've spoken about some of them under the topic. It's a woman's thing. So you do well to get that message or to order it. Amen. But today we want to talk about the temptation to be fearful. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter three verse six. The temptation to be fearful. First Peter chapter three verse 6 Are we there? Do we know the Bible or we know other things? The Bible is a word of God and it is that which is able to save our souls. Amen. First Peter chapter 3 Are you there? i went to second peter so i'm now coming back okay even as sarah obeyed abraham calling him lord whose daughters you are so long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement amen, amen. now the bible is talking about letting our treasures be the hidden man of a heart in that which is in a meek and a quiet spirit. And he's saying that we should follow the example of Sarah. And he says that we are going to be daughters of Sarah. So long as we do well or we do good and are not struck with amazement. Another version says that you are not overcome with hysterical fears and emotional traumas. Amen. And... Everybody has the propensity to be afraid. But what are the common fears of women? In this book, Bishop lists some of the common fears. The fear of not getting married. No matter how many degrees a woman has after her name, no matter what she owns and what she accomplishes in life, somehow, she seems to think that life is not complete and that sometimes she even feels she's handicapped although she's not because it takes two whole people to make a marriage I once told the pastor I met your better half I said sorry lady pastor my better whole because two holes make one she's not half wow. amen yeah. but the fear of not getting married leads us to do all sorts of things We say, Pastor, if I have to be uh, uh, second wife, fifth wife, it doesn't matter. Because it will help me to overcome that fear. Pastor, I may not be a wife, but I can be a concubine. So that that fear can be managed. Mercy. The fear of not having a child is also a fear that we have. Because in most African societies, we measure our worth by the ability to bear children. And Rachel in the Bible was so driven by this fear of not having a child that she became very superstitious. She was now buying mandrakes from Leah, Leah's son, and said, I'll buy it from you so that I'll become fertile. And then this is my turn to be in the bedroom with my husband, but I'll move aside so that you, Leah, can be there. But I'm going to use mandrakes and other superstitious. And even when she was fleeing with Jacob, And her father said some idols had been stolen when he looked into the things. In the end, the Bible said it was with Rachel because she had other gods than God because of her fear of not having a child. She didn't think that God was capable. And oftentimes, God looks insensitive to the things we go through. And so, our fears lead us. The fear of marrying the wrong person. Some of you, you are too fussy so fussy that in the end what you go and bring we wonder why you waited so long especially the brothers it becomes an anti-climax lady pastor i don't like this i don't like that i don't like this hey the day that the children of god shall be revealed it will not be easy then when the revelation comes oh but is this why you have been waiting all this while the fear of poverty and financial difficulties Leads us to sell our bodies, to slip our way through to the top, and to do all sorts of things. Because when woman came on earth, everything was in place. So she's used to being secure materially. When she came on earth, the birds of the air were there, the beasts of the field were there, there were fish in the sea, even Adam was waiting for her. So she's not used to things not being there. Amen. And it becomes a temptation. The fear of your husband becoming interested in someone else. Amen, ladies! Most of us have seen so much infidelity. So much lack of trust in our environment and sometimes in the homes we have come from. So sometimes, even when God blesses you with a godly husband, because of the things that you have seen huh? You begin to smell rats while there are no rats. <laughs> and you begin to become a personal Holy Ghost and a personal policeman. I was listening to a radio program in Ghana. They were talking about text messages and the havoc it has caused in many homes. And so there were phone names, and the men were saying that, look, the women should just stop looking at our phones. And the woman said they should stop also getting strange messages. Then we will stop looking at their phones. (laughs) But all that is in a bid to secure a relationship. Make sure that nothing goes wrong. Make sure that nobody snatches your husband. But you cannot go go with your husband everywhere. And whatever he wants to do, he will do. So fight your battle on your knees. Hallelujah. For our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. But if you use nagging, facing, suspicion, you just de- you make your relationship deteriorate more. We are being delivered from our fears. Amen. Yeah. The fear of your children not doing well. A good example of that is Rebecca. God had given a prophecy that Jacob would be the older person and would have the inheritance. That was when she was pregnant. But as time went on, she felt that God was delaying and that what God had said he was not doing. So she had to help God out. So she called Jacob and said, let me prepare the food. I heard your father speak to Esau to go and prepare something and come for a blessing. But actually you are the one supposed to have that blessing. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to prepare nice stew you for your father. It's a wonder what food does to men. Huh? So those of you wives who don't cook careful now. Amen. (laughs) He cannot drink tea all day. Now when he comes to visit you, you give him tea, he doesn't complain, but please, marriage is different. Okay? So, Rebecca, Jacob said, mommy, I don't want to do it. If I do it, I'll bring a curse upon myself. But Rebecca said, let the curse be upon me. Can you imagine the drive to let that child do well? Because Jacob was always in the tents, hanging around home. So I think that when Rebecca looked at it, what is going to be his future? Esau is always in the field, achieving something, hunting. But this one, he seems to be between my skirts all the time. So I have to help him. But children are uh, a blessing from the Lord. And it's God who nurtures them and makes them what they have to be. The fear of your husband not loving you anymore it's a fear that Leah had and because of that everything stopped her whole life was to get Jacob's attention and she, to get Jacob to love her and she continued to name her children after her problems a troop cometh, now that I have a child my husband will love me she kept on and on until she came to the place where she said you know what, I'm just going to be happy in the Lord, this one is called Judah and after that she stopped following things and she broke that cycle of control, amen The fear of becoming a widow. The fear of in-laws. Some of you, when your mother-in-law is coming, you don't sleep for two weeks. The fear of man is a snare. Amen. The fear of not being liked by others. It makes us it makes us pay an unnecessary price for relationships that are not necessary. If the person doesn't like you, love should be mutual. How come you like him and he doesn't like you? Huh? If he doesn't like you, it's supposed to be both ways. The vows are for two people. Not that I take you to be my husband. and that He does not take you to be his wife. How can that be? It won't work. The fear of being mistreated in future. The things that we have seen. The things that we have heard. They influence us. So sometimes women come into marriage and they are really on their guard. My husband must not know how much I earn. I must not depend on a man. My husband, I should not have any financial uh, uh, situations with him. I must be very independent. I must be self-sufficient. I must do, the, I must, I'm, I'm a fiercely independent uh, millennium woman. <laughs> and it's all from fear that if we release ourselves and if we cooperate and if we trust something bad will happen. But the Bible says that what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Many of these things they are us unto the Lord and not us unto the human being. Amen. Amen. The fear of giving your everything and losing it all. The fear of giving your everything. You give your everything to a relationship. You give your everything to a marriage and then you seem to lose it all. But I believe that When when you know that you have been faithful, your conscience is also helped. Lord, I did my best. I was an A-class spouse, and the person was still some way. Then this one, I did my best. Hallelujah. But if you didn't do your best, then you have had I known, which is always at last. The fear of experiencing what you've seen happen to others, and the fear of investing your everything into marriage, And then losing it all. These are all different types of fears. Esther also had fears for the future. She thought that if I go to the king and he doesn't want to go forward to advance God's purposes and for the kingdom of God. And some of us also don't respond to God's call because of fear. The fear of who will take care of us. The fear of will we be secure and sometimes the fear of what people will say. I tell you, I have walked on that road before. When God called me into the ministry, I knew that God had called me. But I wasn't sure about the timing. But when the timing came, I knew. And I was ready to go. But I, every time I went to, into prayer, I would tell God, God, you know, it's not you who is the problem. It's what people will say. Because... I couldn't just bear the thought that i wear my dress and somebody will be sitting in the congregation. It's our offering. It's our offering. You know? And I thought to myself, you know, by the grace of God, I have never been in need financially or in other way because my dad really provided for me. Is it now at this stage when I'm practicing as an attorney that I'm going to resign for people to say, hey, where has she gone to now? Hey, did you see her dress? Hey, these are tithes, all these problems. <laughs> so I kept telling God, God, you are not the problem, it's people. People! And then the Holy Ghost said to me once, Oh, but you are proud. I said, Oh God, I'm the epitome of humility. Everybody knows about it. How come you don't know? <laughs> and God said, it's your pride that's making you think. They will say this. I'm a self-sufficient woman. I am academic. I am well qualified. I know what I can earn. I know what I, but when you come to me, you become nothing. The Bible says, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Some of you, God's hand is mighty like this, but you are not going down. <laughs> Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, not just under any atmosphere but knowing that he's greater and then he will exalt you. You know, and I tell you, I may look so obedient and so, but it took a bad car accident a near death experience for me to say, yes, Lord. It doesn't matter what the people will say. Hallelujah. And now I am so glad that I have the privilege of preaching the gospel full time. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter what I am. It doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't, I mean, if the master was reviled, why do you think that you will have a different case and that your case is special? There's no such thing. Come with me to Mark 4. I'm about to end. It's a book launch, so... Are we there? I just want to read a very familiar story in talking about fear. I want to first of all tell us that the Bible says fear is a spirit. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's not a person' sentiment. It is a spirit. Because the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 and 8, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. It means that when you don't have fear, you are powerless. You become very weak. And weakness leads to discouragement. Hallelujah. But when you, you are not fearful, you have power. The Bible also talks about sound mind. When you are afraid, you can't think straight. You become paralyzed. You cannot achieve anything. Because the spirit of fear has come upon you. And then it also attacks your love life. I don't mean love life in the worldly sense. Amen. Amen. I mean your love walk, because the Bible says, and walk in love. Hallelujah. But when you fear, you become afraid of people. You become afraid to love people. You become afraid to trust people. You become afraid to build relationships. And all that is not of God. Hallelujah. And so I want you to first of all know that fear is a spirit. Mark chapter 4, are we there? Let's read from 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest not thou that we perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Hallelujah. The first thing I want you to know about the passage is that Jesus had been ministering to people, speaking parables, expounding truth, and at the end of that same day, When the evening came, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. It was not the disciples' uh, suggestion. It was not a decision from the disciples. It was Jesus' own initiative. Hallelujah. And it was Jesus who said, Let us pass over unto the other side. They had no vision of going to the other side. Evening had come. They knew their day had ended. And they were going home as usual. But Jesus had another vision. And he changed the course of their everyday life. He said that, let us go over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. Now they had been with the multitude. But as you walk with God, there come many times when the multitude departs and you begin to walk alone. And the closer you walk with God, There will be a time when you you often come and walk with him one on one or he walks with you one and one you know he could have said to the multitude let's just find boats around and go but he called the disciples out and oftentimes god calls us out he calls us out of the world he calls us out of the multitude he calls us out of what is general and what seems to be the mundane hallelujah and so he called them out of a multitude And then they took Jesus in into the ship. And when he went in, there arose. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even. And there were also with him other little ships. There were other ships also going on that journey. The only difference was that those ships did not have the master's presence. There are many other ships in our lives. There are many other ships going. They seem to be all going to work just like you. They seem all to be marrying just like you. They seem all to be having babies just like you. They are all other little ships. They look like you. But the divine presence is a remarkable difference in your life. Hallelujah. And there will always be other ships with you. But the ship in which the master is, is the one that is not just abandoned to fate. As Christians, we don't believe in fate. God is a God of destiny, and he has a plan for everything that he does. So there were other little ships with them, all going in the same direction. But this ship was unique because the presence of God was there. I pray that the ship of your life will have the presence of God with it. It's not just enough to have an activity, to have a movement, to have a vision, that we are all going, we are all coming. We are all, it's not like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The presence of the master in your ship makes all the difference. Hallelujah. And there arose a great storm of wind. Hmm. A great storm, not a small one. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Hey, most of us don't expect tragedy or bad news when we are moving with God. And especially when you have heard a divine word. That let us pass over to the other side. How can you allow a great storm to come? And not only that, to beat against the ship and to fill it. Where are we going to stay when the ship is full? Why do you call us to a stormy journey when we are with you? How come we are with you and we are are experiencing not a storm but a great storm? Because the greater one was in the ship. Hallelujah. So the issues of life are great. Okay. But the greater one is in us. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So a great storm arose. And usually when the storms of life are coming, I tell you, there's no notice. There's no announcement. on There's no weather forecast. It just appears. And that is when we are Tempted to be afraid. God, I thought I heard from you. God, I thought it was your voice. How come there's a great storm? And not only that, it is actually beating against the ship. The ship of your marriage. The ship of your ministry. The ship of your future. The ship of your having a child. The ship of the things that you are seeing and experiencing. Are being beat vehemently by this great storm. And the ship seems to be full Hmm. i didn't say i was going on this journey you called me to come i was going home to my children you called me out of the multitude and i thought you loved and favored me is this favor it's a storm favor it's a storm something special that you give to your special children but hey god makes us go through storms so that we'll come out as pure gold Because if we are not tested and tried, we cannot come out refined. There were other little ships, but whatever the storm did to them, we don't know. But we know that they all must have experienced the same things. But this storm was initiated by the master or allowed by him. Hmm. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. You see, these are the things that God does that are not interesting. There's a storm. Everybody is in panic. Everybody is thinking of what can be done to help the situation. And you, you are asleep. Not only asleep, under the ship. You are not where the action is going on. And you are also asleep on a pillow. A place of great rest and stillness. How dare you? How dare you? And many times we are afraid because we cannot see God when you look on the top deck of the ship, he's not there. When you shout, he's not there. He's as if he is not experiencing the storm. As if he is in a different ship, but he's in the same ship. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But many times, you see, Lazarus is dead. Come and raise him. You know that he will come. Why do you wait four days? Four days for us to embalm him pay the undertakers, take him to the tomb, roll a stone, make your work more difficult. What kind of a God are you? When the thing is decayed and is smelling, that's when you take your journey. And then when they come and tell you that Lazarus is dead, you announce to people so you know. Say, Lazarus our friend is dead. And then you weep, but you don't come. You don't come immediately. You like causing delays delays that complicate our lives but in God's eyes it's not a complication there are no hindrances to him because he is God honestly his ways are not our ways if it were me anything you ask me I'll give you instantly if I'm God I have everything I'll not let you weep suffer these kind of things I don't like but God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He was asleep in the hindermost part of the ship on a pillow in the midst of a great storm. When we are about to lose our lives, you are not showing up. But you know, if the Son of God had to go through a Gethsemane experience, how dare we think that we should not? For God sent his only son. He didn't have any other one. But look at what he allowed him to go through. Every Easter I ask him, so this Jesus, couldn't you have given him some, you know, injection, lethal injection and made him die? You bring him naked on a cross. You let people spit on him. Beat him. If you are the king, come down. And all the, God, why did you choose that method? God said to me, if I had killed him by lethal injection, your rejection would have remained. The stripes would have been yours. The chastisement of his peace would not have come upon you. But he had to take all the rejection, the betrayal, the spitting, so that you could go. Ah, I see why you didn't go my way. Amen. Amen! He was asleep in the hindermost part of the ship. And the people went to him and said, Master, carest not thou that we perish these are people who had seen him work great miracles but sometimes you are human and you wonder if God cares carest not thou that we perish because the way you are sleeping it's as if there's no events it's as if nothing is happening but it is from God's perspective and so for a great storm for him it is a small thing it's a storm in a teacup—a small thing. Hallelujah! Yeah. And that is how His Master carest not thou that we perish. And many times we ask God, "Don't you care? Don't you see that things are deteriorating at a very alarming rate? Don't you hear our heart cry? If only our pillows could talk, hey, a lot of things would be revealed. Carest not thou that we perish? And God is not angry." When we ask frank questions in the times of our faith walk, in the times when we have crisis, he's not annoyed. When you say, God, do you care? Sometimes I say, God, are you there? Can you hear? Do you feel? You know, sometimes when you are going through a struggle in marriage, you say, some people say that Jesus didn't marry, so he doesn't know how. But God is the one who instituted marriage. You, you came to meet it. It's God who created it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> carest not thou that we perish. And he arose. So unless we wake you up, you will not arise. When they said, Master, carest not thou that we perish. And then he arose. Meanwhile, you could feel the storm. How you can go into deep slumber in such a storm? Only you know. And he arose. Hallelujah and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm do you remember that when they were going now there was a great storm when god brings calm there's also a great calm it's not a piecemeal calm it's not a small calm but it's a great calm the, the extent of your storm Determines the extent of your deliverance. The extent of what God has called you to determines the extent of grace He will give you. You will survive. Hallelujah. Carest not thou that we perish? Now, what I want to say about fear is that it is not that when nothing is happening, then you are not supposed to be afraid. But as a Christian, many things will come that will make you fearful, like this storm. It will induce fear in you. But the fact that the facts are real should not make you feel justified to be afraid. Hallelujah. Because God did not give you that spirit. He gave you a spirit of faith. So in spite of the storm, in spite of the ship being beating, in spite of the circumstances, believe that the master is there. In spite of the fact that he seems to be asleep, in spite of the fact that he's not on the upper deck believe and hold on and trust that he is still there hallelujah he will show up at the right time and when you have a great storm he will bring great calm hallelujah peace be still and there was a great calm and he said unto them why are you so fearful How is it that you have no faith? Oh, isn't God a compassionate God? I thought that we were taught that if you didn't have faith, you wouldn't get anything from God. But he rebuked the storm and said, where is your faith? Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, why don't you have any, even? So sometimes you don't have any faith. Sometimes you have little faith. And sometimes you have great faith. But God's mercy covers up for your lack of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why are you so fearful? Why do you not have faith? Many of us, we would have addressed the disciples before addressing the storm. But God addresses the storm before he addresses your issues. And your shortcomings. And now he has been struggling with you for years to make you trust and to make you believe him. But his goodness from everlasting to everlasting. Hallelujah. The Bible says it's of the mercies of God that we are not consumed. It's not of our goodness, of anything that we do, but just, he's just merciful. And his mercy just helps us not to be consumed. Hallelujah. So in the times of fear, the situation may look fearful. It may induce fear. But in the midst of it, tell your heart to be still. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we sing be still my soul the lord is you have to preach to your soul david said why are you disquieted within me oh my soul put your hope in god he wasn't talking about somebody else's soul you should preach to yourself mention your name why are you disquieted within me oh lady pastor athlete put your hope in god Amen. and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god Amen. hallelujah And speak scriptures to yourself. Fight with the word of God. For David said, I will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. He didn't say God will stop the arrows that fly by day. God doesn't stop every arrow. He stops some. But there are some that fly by the day. They will fly. But you will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. Of the pestilence that walks in darkness. The things we can't see. It's pestilence. It's coming, but it's in darkness. It's not in light. It's not exposed. But you will not be afraid of the pestilence that walks in darkness. Of the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Noonday there's destruction all around. And then he said, a thousand shall fall at my side. A thousand. Your issues are two, five. A thousand. Ten thousand at my right hand. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. But it shall not come nigh me. Only with my eyes will I behold and see the reward of the wicked. I pray that tonight you will be delivered from the spirit of fear. I pray that you will soak in things that will encourage your faith. You will soak in words that will encourage your faith. You will speak verses that will encourage your faith. For the Bible says the fear of man is a snare. Some of you you are so afraid of certain men, your bosses, when you see them, your teacup and your coffee is shaking like this and it spills. But the fear of man is a snare. But perfect love casts out fear. When you know that God's love for you is perfect and that he wants the best for you and that he has his own plan that you don't have and that he will bring you into a good place, it makes you less fearful because you trust him. And I just want to end on this note. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you. Not we know. Not you and I know. I know the plans I have for you. Plans of prosperity and not of evil. Why should he say that? Because often we think of evil. Cares not thou that we perish? Can we trust you? We, uh, do you really keep your word? Are you really the God you say you are? You know, we are not sure about you, God. Are you really, 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 really there? So he has to tell us that plans of prosperity, he has to add a not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope. It's he who will give you that future. It's he who will give you that hope. And if it's him, then you don't need to trust in yourself. But God is able to make all grace abound so that we can trust and we can believe. I pray for you, not knowing what storm you are going through now, not knowing what storm awaits you in the future. I pray that for every great storm, there will come great calmness from the presence of the Holy Spirit. Stand to your feet, please. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want us to just bow our heads in prayer. I want you to talk to God about your fears. Some of us, our mothers died of cancer. And we have a silent secret fear. That because this happened, this genetic, I've heard, it's going to happen to me. But hey, you have a different lineage and a different bloodline. And God is able to help and to make all grace abound. Speak to your fears. Confront your fears. Don't lie against the truth. And rebuke it as a spirit and let it go. Some of you are confused. Some of you don't have a sound mind. I want you to open your mouth and talk to God in these few seconds. And believe that Jehovah will hear you. Oh, Kabala Mushandene Mamala Yandi, Indene Mamala Bodo Mashandene Mama, Me Kobala Mushendene Mamala Bodo Makastaya, Mendene Mamala Bodo Mamala Mamalaya. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you, because, you because you are with me. 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 Oh God, let your people know your presence. Let your people sense your presence. Let your people be assured of your tangible presence with them, oh God. Oh, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you are with us deliver your people from their fears for your word says O god he delivers us from all our fears as we pour out our fears before you deliver us O god those, that, those known and unknown, deliver us, O God. I command every spirit of fear, every stronghold of the enemy to lose its hold over God's people. In the name of Jesus, I overcome every satanic force by the blood of a lamb. Oh, for we overcome him by the blood and by the word of our testimony, that the Lord shall be our confidence. He will not suffer our foot to be moved. I pray for the fears of your people, Oh God, deliver them from all their fears. Deliver us from all our fears. Deliver us from all our fears. Anxieties, worries, I speak to them in Jesus' name. And I pray that great calm, great peace have they that love your Lord. And nothing shall offend them. I pray that great peace shall come to your people. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You are here tonight. You have a ship like everybody else but you are not sure if the master is in your ship. You want to say, Lady Pastor, pray for me. I want the presence of my master in the ship of my life. I want Jesus to be involved, to be present in the ship of my life. Lady Pastor, I'm not sure whether Jesus is in that ship. And tonight, I want to invite him to take full mastery and full control of the ship of my life you are here like that tonight, I want you to put up your hands. I want to pray with you. I want to lead you to Christ. I want to help you make the most important decision of your life. If you are here like that tonight, I want to encourage you to just slip your hand up and I'll pray with you. Just slip your hand up wherever you are and I'll pray with you. The Lord will set you free. The presence of the Lord will be your portion. Lift your hand high up so I can see you. Watching As we sing this song, I just want you to put your hand up and say, Lady Pastor, I want to mean business with God. I want to rededicate my life as well. I want to start all over with Jesus. Come to him. He's the giver of life. Come to him. Hallelujah. I see your hand. I see all those hands over there. Oh, God bless you. God is just waiting to be a part of your life. come as a presence god bless you as you lift your hand up and if you've lifted your hand up i want you to do one more thing just come to me where i am i want to celebrate with you come to me come come in front you've lifted up your hands if you are standing by somebody who has lifted up their hands encourage them to come, come to Jesus, come to the fountain of life, come and give your life, come and rededicate your life, oh yes, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinners, come, come home, come home, to you. Come home. He wants to be in the presence in your ship. Come home. Oh sinner, come home again. There are more of you out there. Come home. Join us in France, we are waiting for you, come home! Make it your personal prayer from the depths of your heart. And oh, God is just waiting. He's standing at the door of your heart. If you open, he will come in. You want to say these words after me. He doesn't condemn you, but he loves you and he's drawing you to himself. You want to say, dear Lord, tonight I come to you just as I am. Please take my life and make something out of it. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe that he was raised from the dead. And I know that because he lives, I shall live also. Jesus, I've come to you. Take me and make me your own. Satan I break every league with you. I am no longer yours. For Christ has set me free. And I'm free indeed. And I want to pray with you. Father, I pray for these that have come to your cross. Thank you that you didn't turn us away and you will not turn them away too. I pray for a brand new beginning and a brand new life. I break every familial and generational curse, every work of the enemy in these lives that are represented here. I break through in Jesus' name. I pray that your blood will cleanse and your blood will set them apart. I pray that they will not backslide. I pray that they will not fall, but that your purpose for their lives will be fulfilled. Thank you for healing in every single life here. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Hallelujah. God bless you. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh North Kaneshi or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.